Welcome to Marysville Church of Christ podcast. My name is Bishop Darby, and I'll be your host. Welcome to Under Attack. What an exciting title, huh? Under Attack. But the reality is, that is exactly the whole story of the scriptures. We as people are at war. We are under attack daily. And constantly we find ourselves in the dark to the reality of the conflict and struggle we are in. We live the grand majority of our life oblivious and ignorant to the reality that every choice we make, every thought we have, every word we say changes in a profound way eternity. See, we as people have devalued ourselves in the spiritual realm. We have believed for so long that we are insignificant pawns in a greater spiritual conflict. But the Bible is actually very different. The Bible tells us that we are vastly important, that we aren't pawns, but we are lead parts in the story of humanity, the story of God's fight against evil. You and I are daily changing the tides of battles in which God is fighting the forces of darkness. And there are times where we win him battles by our choices. And there are times we lose him battles by our choices. There are souls that will be saved because of us and there will be souls that will be lost because of us. There will be moments of suffering that we will prevent and moments of suffering that we will cause. Every moment, every second of every day, we matter because God's relying on us to continue his kingdom work on earth. The entire ministry of Jesus reveals that. Jesus shows us constantly what spiritual conflict looks like, how to behave in it, how to be awake to it, how to be aware of it, and how to fight against darkness. But in our modern context, we often don't consider ourselves fighting demons. I think we have Hollywood to blame for our broken conception of that, right? We expect demons to be these big winged things that fly out of hell and attack us when we least expect it, or possess us and cause us superhuman strength and insanity, but that's not the biblical image of demons. No, they're quiet. They're deceptive. They're whispers in the back of your brain and guilt weighing on your soul. And the, the more aware and awake we are to them, the more we study what Jesus says about them, the better prepared we can be to fight against them. And I think once we unpack this story, we'll understand first how truly powerful the forces of darkness can be. But I think we'll also learn how truly powerful we can be for the, good, for the side of light. Today I want us to just kind of introduce this uh, strand of spiritual conflict that helps weave together the tapestry of scripture. And once you start pulling on this thread of conflict, you will find that everything in the Bible changes. Everything you thought you knew about scripture gets turned on its head. See, in, even in the earliest parts of the Old Testament, God is depicted as a God at war. In fact, the very creational narrative is a moment of God fighting against chaos. In the ancient world, waters were symbolic of chaos, which you can understand. In, in the several thousand years before Christ, there was very little technology on how to control, predict, or understand weather in the ocean. 
All people knew is that every once in a while waves will smash against the seashore, and sometimes storms that are massive will billow out of this ocean and, and, and devastate the land. They were terrified of water. And so I find it interesting that the first depiction of God in the Old Testament is him standing over the waters. God, the force of light, over the force of chaos. And out of this chaos, he begins to construct a world of order. Out of the chaos, he brings order. And the people of Israel understood Yahweh to be a God over chaos. A God fighting against chaos. This motif continues throughout the Old Testament as Yahweh is the, the spiritual champion of Israel. See, all of the, the, the regions around Israel, the Ugaritic religions, the Akkadian religions, all of them understood that our life is daily impacted by the forces of darkness. And that's why they chose a champion to fight on their behalf. Baal and Marduk, Asherah, and, and so many others became these champions of different tribes or regions. They are who these people put their trust in to fight back the forces of darkness. You had a bad uh, festival of harvest? Well, it was obviously your champion not able to defeat the forces of darkness. You, you have a plague that breaks out amongst your people. Well, that's clearly your spiritual champion not fighting well enough on your behalf. And so Israel believed God to be their spiritual champion against the forces of darkness. And though they had very little understanding of what the forces of darkness are, we see consistently them praising God for their ability over them. We get moments like Psalm 29, when it says, The voice of the Lord is over the hostile waters, the glory of thunder. The Lord thunders over the, the mighty waves. We get moments like this. In Psalm 77, the waters saw you, God, and the waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed in terror. Or verse 19, you carved your path through the sea, your way through the chaotic waters, and your footprints were not left behind. What about Psalm 89? You rule over the surging sea, and its waves mount up, and you still them. You crushed Rahab the dragon like one of the slain. And with your strong arm, you carve your enemies away. This is just a couple of examples that we see throughout the Old Testament. Ezekiel 29, 32, Jeremiah 51, Habakkuk 3, Nahum 1, Job 7, Job 9, Job 26, Job 38, Job 40, on and on I could go. In the moments in which you see God being praised for his ability to what? Conquer chaos and hold darkness at bay. God, through the Old Testament, wanted his people to know, I am your champion against darkness. I am your champion against chaos. Though Rahab the sea dragon and Leviathan the sea dragon, they may rise out of the hostile waters and try to attack you, I, God, will hold them back. And I will slay them, just as I slayed the hostile waters in creation. Because I, Yahweh, am your champion. This is the perception that the Israelites had of God. God, a warrior against darkness, protecting them. It is in this lens that we understand idolatry a little better. 
Because every time that the Israelites chose Baal or Asherah as their champion, they were rejecting God. You can understand the heartbreak and the heartache better of God understanding it through this lens. That every time the Israelites built an altar to Marduk, they were necessarily pushing God away. When a statue of Chamash is built in Bethlehem, it's a rejection of God as their spiritual champion. And consistently, God delivers through plague, through war, through pestilence. Constantly, God is fighting against the forces of darkness on the behalf of his people. And it's no surprise then in the New Testament, Jesus comes and does just that. He does what he's always done. He fights against chaos, against darkness, and becomes the champion of the righteous. Although Jesus also becomes the champion of the broken and the champion of the sinner. I find it interesting that out of all the things Jesus could have said was his mission. He says this in John chapter 12, verse 21. Now comes the judgment of this world, and the mighty ruler, ruler of this world will be thrown out. John writes in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, that the Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, the writer says, Since the children shared in blood and flesh, he too, Jesus, shared in them, in just the same way, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and set free the people who all their lives were under the power of slavery because of the fear of death. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, had that been the case, he would have had to suffer repeatedly. Since the foundation of the world, instead he appeared once at the closing of the age to put away sin and destroy it. God's mission, Jesus' mission, was to be the champion of us. To fight against the powers of darkness. And he reveals to us what it is we're fighting against. Who it is we're fighting against. He reveals that it's not hostile waters, it's not sea dragons that come out with multiple heads, it's not the, the, the stars in the sky that will fall against us. No, those were broken views. The forces of darkness is Satan and his legion of demons. And though it's true that Rahab and Leviathan are not the biggest fears, I'll be honest and say that I think a sea dragon would scare me a little less. Jesus reveals to us that this, this force of darkness that we're against, this force of darkness that we're against changes us, shapes us, molds us, affects us spiritually and physically, mentally and emotionally. But Jesus also reveals that he has already won the war against them. And with that knowledge, he arms us and empowers us to fight his battles on earth against the chaos. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at what are demons? What are their powers today? What can they do to us? And what can we do to them? We're going to be looking at the moments and stories that define spiritual warfare in the lives of Jesus. But today, I want you to realize this. You have a champion against the chaos in your life, against the forces of darkness that plague you. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the same, he's the same champion that beat Leviathan, that slayed Rahab, that calmed Yom, that beat the chaotic waters. And he's the same God who can heal, protect, and save you. Who is your champion? My money? You should probably put it on Jesus. I'll see you next week.